The Overwhelmed Brain is about navigating the difficulties of life, while my other podcast is about something even more challenging, navigating the difficult relationship. If that's what you're dealing with right now, head over to loveandabuse.com. Welcome to The Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hey, this is Paul Coliani, and I'm here to help you learn to deal with difficult people and tackle life's challenges without compromising who you are. This show consists of my personal opinions and is meant for informational purposes only. Always seek a professional for your mental health and well-being. I had a head scratcher a few weeks ago that uh, had to do with a fear of death, fear of dying, a fear of death, and um, especially when, like, this person who we're, we're talking about a couple of people were talking about it saying when they go to sleep at night, they have anxiety about death. And, uh, that it's quite the bucket. That's a huge bucket to put a lot of uh, thinking into. And it made me wonder how I would approach that. And I've not had anybody ever come to me and tell me that it made me wonder what I would do if I had this fear of death. And I think in my past I did. I, in my past, I had a fear of death and I thought it was, um, debilitating. <laughs> I didn't want to die. Like, uh, flying on an airplane made me think of dying. I don't want to die because if I fly and the plane goes down, I'll die. That that's my, or that was my fear back then. And, uh, I know I got that from my mom because she refuses to fly and her choice, of course, even though, um, now that I'm older and I have witnessed a number of car accidents, I haven't been in a major one at all. And I've, I know that death occurs. I mean, this is weird to talk about, but death occurs everywhere around us all the time. And in fact, it, it occurs the least often when you're flying. I mean, I've learned, I've learned that flying is the safest form of travel. And I know that for a fact, now that I am 53. <laughs> I still don't like to fly. I still don't want to do it. There's a small fear in there somewhere in the back, but that's not normally why I don't like to fly. Like I can get on a plane and be okay, but I'm six, four and uh, sitting in an airplane seat with my knees crushed against the seat in front of me. is just no fun. And uh, I've never flown first class. That would Probably something, be something I'd have to save for, <laughs> but that does sound like a little bit more comfortable. And of course the emergency row, I think the next time, if I do end up flying again, which I probably will, I have to request an emergency row. So that's just a personal thing, neither here nor there, but uh, I think it's a good thing to talk about the fear of death. Why do you fear death? I'm going to ask you a lot of stupid questions in this episode. So if you fear death and you want to talk about this or you want to hear my thoughts on this, here we go. My first stupid question is, why do you fear death? That's a simple question, but it's a stupid one because nobody, well, most people don't want to die. So let's just assume that if you're listening, you don't want to die. But if you have a thought about dying, then listen to this episode and maybe it'll change your perception. And I hope you don't want to die, but... I think it's important to think about, I mean, one of the things I've learned over the years, especially when I was coaching for many years, is that when somebody brings their thoughts of death or even suicide, 
Uh, some people don't want to talk about it. Oh, no, 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 let's not talk about that. Hey, just put a smile on your face. Let's just forget about all that stuff. Let's not think about it. Let's not talk about it. Let's do something else. Let's talk about something else so we don't have to address this death thing or suicide. Let's not go there. Okay, so where do those thoughts go if you don't talk about it? Where does the thought of death, dying, or even suicide go if you don't talk about it? You have to talk about it because otherwise it stays inside and it rolls around in there like a marble, constantly reminding you it's there. And so I like to get these thoughts out. Like I had somebody um, tell me that they have felt like committing suicide before. And this episode isn't necessarily about suicide, but it is part of death and talking about death. So we're going to bring it up. We're going to talk about it. We're going to be open about it. But he said, you know, I, I have thought about killing myself before. It'd be a lot easier. It would be a lot more simple if I didn't have to deal with the challenges in life or because I'm sad or because uh, they don't love me and I want them to love me or all kinds of reasons. Life is hard. Life is hard and I don't want to have a hard life. And instead of saying, oh my God, don't kill yourself or oh, that would be so sad. Don't do that. Instead of saying something like that, it was a friend of mine, I said, oh, really? Oh, tell me more about that. What what was going through your mind when you had those thoughts? Or do you have those thoughts now? I acted curious. I acted like uh, somebody who really wanted to hear their reasons, their thought process, and not judge them for what they were thinking. Because I think that's what people fear is that when they bring something up that they will feel or they feel that people will judge them for, then they probably won't bring it up. And if they don't bring it up, that marble keeps rolling around and banging into the walls of your mind and the thoughts stay with you. They don't get out of your system. They aren't discussed. And when they're not discussed, you usually have only one or very few perspectives about what you're thinking about or what you're repressing, for example. If you're repressing thoughts of uh, dying or suicide or anything like that, then you never get to explore other avenues. And you think that the reality that is in your mind right now is the only reality or, or the very few realities that you might consider. For example, if you think there's no way out, there's no way out, and you don't tell anybody about it, and you don't talk to people about it. If you don't think out loud, for example, with people that you trust and that aren't judgmental, then you might keep those thoughts inside you until they boil up enough, until they bang around enough that you actually do something about it. And I don't want it to go that far because there's so many other perspectives in the world, so many other ways to think of things. And so when these thoughts come up and you don't discuss them with anyone, that's what happens is that it keeps rolling around. I mean, I'm using the marble analogy. It rolls around like a marble banging into the, your, banging into the side of your skull, <laughs> keeps banging there and reminding you it's still there. Oh yeah, life sucks. Still there. Oh, uh, she hates me. They don't love me anymore. Still there. How about expressing it to someone so that you can get a different perspective. You might be able to get some empathy. You might be able to get some sympathy. You might be able to get um, the words you need to get through the next moment 
and maybe even change your life. I think that's why I continue to do this show. It is something that I know that one day someone's going to hear one episode where I say one thing that changes their life and moves them into a new direction. The feedback I get is phenomenal. I, I love when people say, I heard this episode and that changed my life completely. I love that. That means that whatever they were thinking up to that point wasn't working or maybe they just needed my words to push them to the next level of thinking or maybe something I said they never considered before. And that's what this is all about is sometimes we have thoughts that roll around in our head like a marble and we don't necessarily have any other way we think about those thoughts until we talk about it with somebody else who has a different brain. That's really what it comes down to. Our brain is this closed circuit, <laughs> closed neural network that contains the information it contains from our lifetime of experiences and study and all that. And uh, unless we access somebody else's brain, the only beliefs and thoughts that we have come from inside of us. And I know this is kind of obvious, but <laughs> I want to put that out there because sometimes we hold information inside of us. We hold an expression of thought, an expression of emotion inside of us, and we never share it with somebody else, which means the only feedback we get is from ourselves. And if you are at all foggy about something or misguided about something, and you use that misguidance as part of your thought process, then what you think and do next is based on that misguidance. And hopefully that's not you. Hopefully that's not you and you are willing to express what's going on inside of you to somebody else so you can explore it. That's what I like to do. I'm a, an explorer of our thoughts and emotions. I love to explore. I like to find out where they came from, where they're going, how I feel about them. I explore, 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 and I reflect and I continue thinking about what I think about. It doesn't mean I'm doing it all the time. I, I still like to just enjoy life, <laughs> not just questioning everything and exploring everything all the time. But I tell you what, I, I do my best when anything comes into my, my thoughts that's negative, then I like to explore that. Like, what's that doing in there? Why is that there? It's like this whole death thing. Why is a fear of death in there. Now, I don't have that anymore. I think it's because the longer you live your life, or at least for me, the longer I've lived my life, the more I feel like I've lived enough that if I died, that at least I have lived this long. Can you think that way at 20? At least I've lived 20 years. I don't think that's a good idea because you weren't really conscientious about a lot of things at 20 years. Your, your brain wasn't even fully developed at 20 years. How about 25? Okay, brain's pretty developed by then. Have I lived long enough? Do I still fear death? That's still not a long enough time. Maybe I do fear death or maybe, you know, unfortunately some people are thinking about having suicidal thoughts and all that, but it's not long enough. I mean, there's so much more to explore. So much more to find out about the world, about yourself. But if 
all you have accessed is your own brain, then you're not going to know what else is out there and what other, what other thoughts exist, what other perceptions. There are so many things I've learned over the years that blew my mind and expanded my mind so much that it finally, there's a point that it finally made me realize that I'll never know everything there is to know. And in the past, when I thought there was no point or purpose or meaning left, something came along and gave me meaning. And when you are at the bottom, when you are at the, the lowest point of your life and you think there's no point, there's no purpose and there's no meaning, then it's very difficult to find it because again, you're in your own brain and not accessing somebody else's brain and not talking to other people and finding out their perceptions and their realities and what they've discovered and what gives them meaning. That is an important aspect of life itself, which is very difficult for introverts <laughs> like myself. And uh, some people don't have access to a lot of other people to share that stuff with. But I do believe it's that important that when you have any kind of negative thinking or self-deprecating thinking, low self-worth thinking, that you got to get out of your own head. I mean, literally, you got to get out of your own head and share that with others so that they can help you think in new ways because other people have different thoughts. They have different ideas. As I get older, my personal health is just so important to me. I mean, I want to know what's happening inside my body. I want to know what I can do to prevent things from happening inside my body or to my body. And that is something that I have finally prioritized after 53 years on this earth. This is why I'm excited to see what my health report comes back with from a company called Wild Health. And they believe, as I do, that healthcare should be personalized. I am super interested in what they find in my genetics and my biometrics and my lifestyle data that will help me determine what my body needs as far as nutrition and exercise and sleep and supplements. What am I missing? What am I getting too much of? This is what Wild Health does. It tailors a care plan with a lifestyle first intervention. It's not pills. It's not prescription. It's just the simplest way to help you live longer. And one of the craziest things I've learned about Wild Health is that of patients tested with a high LDLP, 67% have shown improvement with Wild Health and decreased their risk of mortality or suffering from a cardiovascular disease. That's huge. I want to feel good as I grow older, and I want you to as well. Wild Health has generously extended the Overwhelmed Brain listeners 20% off the cost of membership with the code BRAIN. Head over to wildhealth.com forward slash brain. Use the code BRAIN at checkout make this commitment to yourself. Start taking control of your health today at wildhealth.com forward slash brain. Coming back to the, the fear of death, the anxiety around death. When I had those fears, I started asking myself questions like, why do I fear death? Why? Well, my first answer was, I don't want to uh, face the pain because it would be very painful to experience death. That's not always true. 
I mean, I, I had to learn that too. It's not always true. It's not always painful. Death is not always painful. It's scary to think that pain will be involved, but some death is quick and some death is not. This is so weird to talk about, but some death is quick and some death is not. I mean, the process of dying. And when it's not, that's scary too, right? But is the fear of something that may or may not ever happen. I mean, that's anxiety in a nutshell. It's a fear of something that may or may not ever happen and usually doesn't. I was talking to my fiance, I think yesterday. We were talking about, oh yeah, she asked the question, what would I do with my life if I knew tomorrow was the end? We have these morbid conversations sometimes and they're very enlightening. <laughs> she asked that question, what would I do? And she said, you know, ABC, she would do these things. And so we discussed, okay, we know tomorrow is the last day. What would you do? Who would you spend time with? Um, what are the things that are most important to you? And again, we came up with some answers and they were very enlightening because it really puts in perspective what you value most. And if you know that uh, next week isn't going to be here, what you value most is usually what you're going to focus on. Oh, I'm going to spend time with my family. Oh, I'm going to spend time outside and connect with nature. Or I'm going to meditate or whatever it is. I don't know who would meditate if they knew the end was coming. But it could happen. Maybe you just want to sit there and be. Whatever it is for you. But it was a great conversation. And it brought up what's most important and what brings meaning to your life. Or to our lives when we talked about it. We asked the question, what would we do if we knew tomorrow was the last day? And that immediately brought up what is the most meaningful and important to us. So that can be something that can be very helpful to help you decide what's most important, where your focus needs to be at least every now and then to bring that meaning back into your life. But coming back to the fear of death and the anxiety around death, if you fear it, why? That was my first question. Why do you fear it? And if it's all about the pain before death that you think will happen, let's just say that you won't feel any pain. Let's just say that it will be immediate. When you die, it's going to be immediate, no pain. The next question would be, do you still fear death? Do you still fear death knowing it'll be completely painless? If the answer is yes, I still fear death, then my next question is, Again, coming back to the why do you fear it if you know there's not going to be any pain? And also, what do you think happens when you die? Some people might say, I don't know, that's the problem. Some people might say, I have beliefs that tell me I'm going to be okay. I have beliefs that I'll be with people I love. I'll be with God. I will be reincarnated and come back and get to try life over as somebody else all these beliefs. Then some people believe that you just wink out. You're gone. That's it. You no longer exist. So far, all of these are very good outcomes. <laughs> I see all of these as very good outcomes, very positive outcomes. One of the negative outcomes that many people believe is a fear of going to hell. I don't know if there's a hell. I don't think there is. I'm going to assume there isn't. In fact, my critical thinking says, give me a break. <laughs> but let's just say there is. Then 
if that's a fear, if that's a fear of somebody listening right now, if that's a fear of yours going to hell after you die, then what haven't you done to make sure that doesn't happen? That's the question. What haven't you done to make sure that doesn't happen? Because if that's your belief system, then obviously there are things that you may need to do to make sure that you don't end up there. That's a, a high order for some people, I know. But if that's your belief system, you believe you're going someplace bad, then what haven't you done today? What haven't you done yet to make sure that you don't end up there? Because I would do that as soon as possible. If that's your belief. If you don't believe that, let's just go back now. If you don't believe you're going to a bad place, then what else haven't you done yet that you don't think you've accomplished in life so far? Because that's where I go next is if somebody has a fear of death, it could be that they believe they haven't accomplished something in life yet, or that they're leaving something behind that is unfinished or they don't want to close. They don't want to end. I can understand that if that were to happen, if you were to die, that there might be things unfinished or things that you don't want to leave behind, loved ones that you know will miss you and you believe that you will miss them. You're saying, I know I'll miss them. <laughs> you believe you'll miss them because you don't know what happens after, or maybe you do. Maybe you know what happens after and you know you'll miss them. So you create these beliefs or assumptions that carry you into a transition of whatever happens next. I mean, you're, you're going through the transition and some people believe that you carry their thoughts and your feelings and your sadness, your, you're missing other people. Some people believe you're going to carry that with you, but I don't believe that's going to happen because when we die, if we end up in some heavenly place, we're not really going to be the same person. I mean, we're not taking our body and our brain with us. Some people will say we're taking our soul and our soul contains all the memories that could be, but do you really think we're going to be sad? Do you really think we're going to be unhappy in a heavenly place? If that's your belief, do you really think you're going to carry the sadness or the unfinished business with us into another life? If we get reincarnated, do you really think we're going to carry all that? Some people will say yes. Some people will say, that's what happens. We carry the unfinished business. We carry the, the open loops of life, the open loops of relationships. That's a part of us. And we go into the next life and the next life. And I know I'm talking about all these beliefs, all these religious beliefs, all these spiritual beliefs. And if somebody says, well, that's not true at all. I'm an atheist and uh, we're not going to be reincarnated and we just wink out. That might be the most liberating <laughs> If you're going to think about it this way, the most liberating thought process to have. I can't imagine an atheist fears what happens after death if they don't exist. Because non-existence means non-thinking, no thought, no emotion. They don't have anything to remember because they're not there. It, it's hard to think in those terms, but if you're not there, then there's really nothing to think about. There will be no sadness if you don't exist. Some people don't like that idea. <laughs> Some people don't like the idea of not existing at all. Wink out, gone. So they may not have this issue. I don't know. Maybe some fear death, maybe some don't. But 
I really don't believe that with all these possibilities, except going to a bad place, with all these possibilities that we're A, going to be unhappy where we go, and B, are going to have the same thoughts and feelings that we had when we were alive. I mean, if we end up somewhere. If we end up somewhere, we're we're not going to have our brains, we're not going to have our bodies, we're going to be different people. And then, again, some people are going to say, you do carry this stuff with you. Well, this is why I think it's so important to look at life where you, where you are today, where you are now, who you're with, what you're doing, and ask yourself, if I die today, and I don't want to ask this, but I'm going to ask, if I die today, will I have fulfilled enough of my life? Will I have filled it up enough with some of the things that I've wanted to do, maybe not everything, but at least enough that if I died, that I wouldn't regret what I've done. I wouldn't regret not doing enough. That's the old uh, question. If you ask somebody on their deathbed, what do you regret? And if you had any advice for people that uh, aren't in your position and have some life left in front of them, a lot of people say, well, you know, I wouldn't spend my life working. (laughs) I would have spent more time with family. And I hear that and I go, I think people say that on their deathbed and I understand why they say that because that's what's most important. There's a lot of meaning and value in what they're talking about. But then we come back to now and we think, yeah, but I got to (laughs) work and I can't spend all my time with my family. I do have other things I like to do and other people I like to see. I mean, that might be true, but the person on the deathbed telling the world what they should have done or what they regret. I think that's the same type of question uh, that I asked earlier. If you knew tomorrow was the last day, the last day that uh, you were going to be here, the last day the world was going to be here, what would you be doing today? And so that kind of gives you perspective on meaning and what you value in life and what is most meaningful. And it's interesting that we talk about meaning. We talk about purpose. What is the point? I actually have an episode on that, um, what is the point of life without joy and happiness? I'm going to look that up at theoverwhelmedbrain.com. That's a, an important episode if you are looking for meaning or purpose in your life. But I have um, another thought on purpose, which again, my fiance and I talked about yesterday. We talked about um, what brings meaning to our life. And I realized, and this is interesting because I never really thought about it until up until this point, you know how sometimes you will like uh, give a review for a product and then other people read those reviews and they say, oh, this is a great review and they give you a thumbs up. You know, they, they give you the plus one or the like. I've noticed that when I've done my reviews for products and different things, restaurants and things like that, and other people liked it and appreciated what I wrote, that it makes me feel good. <laughs> It's a silly little thing, but it makes me feel good knowing that I helped someone else. Just that small thing was meaningful. And I realized there's a psychological aspect to that. And I know this is psychology 101 from 40 years ago. There's a psychological aspect of that, of helping someone else in their need, when they need something to be helpful to someone else, to serve someone else. Again, this is old psychology and 
We all know it. Like when you're down and you're depressed, if you help other people, you start to feel good. And what we were talking about yesterday, Asha and I, we were talking about how when we're healing from our own stuff, our own traumas, that helping other people, maybe with their traumas or what they're going through because we went through it, helping other people actually helps us heal. And again, this is old psychology, this is old news, but just realizing it in the moment because of some review, <laughs> like you left a review and it made you feel good when somebody liked your review or somebody likes your post on social media. It feels good. It feels like you've actually touched someone. It feels like you've reached out and helped them in a way that um, changed their life. Like their perception has changed. Their thoughts about whatever it was has changed. Hey, you like that pizza? Thanks for telling me. I want to go to that pizza place now. Wow, I just brought joy to someone's life. <laughs> it's interesting how that plays a part in our psychology and our self-worth. Just leaving a review for someone that they find helpful and now their life has been impacted because of you. That feels good when you're able to do that. And that's why people who are depressed, people who are really down and out, when they help others, you know, often, not always, but when they help others, that can be healing to them. Because the more you feel worthy in someone else's life, the more you feel significant, the more you feel important to someone else, the more healing it is for you. Because as that increases, as that worth increases in you, your confidence rises, your self-esteem rises, your ego even increases in a healthy way. Because when you're down and out, you probably have very little ego. You probably have a low perception of yourself. And in order to get back to a balance point, you kind of have to increase that ego in a healthy way. Because I'm all about increasing the ego in a healthy way and not overdoing it. Because we all know what happens when you overdo it. Then you have a high sense of ego and then you start not caring or putting other people down. And we don't want to go that far. We just want to get to the point where we feel good in ourselves. And that is also part of bringing the point, the purpose, the meaning in our lives. Again, coming back to a fear of death and anxiety about death. This is a story I've told before, but I remember getting food poisoning from a uh, sliced ham. It was from a deli. I got food poisoning. I don't know if it was in the fridge for too long or if we got it that way, but it was messy. It was awful. And there was a point where I felt like I was literally going to die. And up until that point of food poisoning, I was stressed all the time. I felt the pressure of many bills. I had, um, I think I had my condo back then and uh, the renter stopped paying. And then the mortgage crisis happened like in 2009 or something. All these stressors were coming up and then I got food poisoning. <laughs> and so I went from stress, stress, stress to food poisoning. And there I was vomiting and all kinds of things were happening. And I just remember that I got so sick. I got so sick that I honestly believed that my next step was going to be death. That was the next step for me was death. And in that moment, and this really changed my life, in that moment, all my stress went away. I felt more peace than almost any other time in my life. 
I felt so peaceful. And I told myself, oh my God, this, this feels so good. This feels so good to have no stress. I feel completely free. Right before I was going to die. That was my belief. I was going to die. I feel completely free. No more stress. And I remember distinctly saying, okay, I want to continue feeling this way. If I make it through this, this is how I want to feel from this point on. I want to feel free. I want to be away from all the stress. I don't want to feel that stress anymore. And so I just kept telling myself, I kept telling myself that I want to feel this no matter what, no matter what. If I make it through this, this is how I want to feel from this point on. And so I started feeling physically better. The, the sickness was wearing off. The stuff finally came out of my system. I must have expelled it all. And uh, when I was starting to feel physically better, Slowly but surely, all those stressors came back. And I realized that can't last. There's, I'm still here. <laughs> I don't want this to happen. Why are all these stressors coming back? Why do I feel so stressed? Why do I feel so anxious? I don't want this. And uh, I was so peaceful. Why can't I feel that again? But, you know, there's two things about this that I want to share. One is that this helped me realize that death isn't the thing I should fear because as I got closer to it, and I really believe, I, I really believe I was going to die. That's how close I was. But as I got closer to it, I felt peaceful. That one night changed my fear into um, not welcoming it, but certainly not fearing it. It just changed it, took it away. I no longer feared death after that moment because I realized that in one's final moments, and this is my own belief, in one's final moments, in most cases, death will be peaceful. Again, my own belief, but I think it needed to happen in order for me to get past that fear. The second thing that this taught me was it helped me focus on what was most important. It helped me focus on what I needed to eliminate or change in my life in order to get to a new place in life, because I wanted to live. I did want to live. I do want to live. And when I felt that peace, I wanted that peace while alive. So I asked myself what I could do differently to change those things in my life. And that's when I started thinking differently. And I started feeling differently. And that was also the same time, I think a, a year or two later, this happened when I broke down in the desert and I had to give up my car and all my possessions. And I went through a massive, massive shift then as well and was able to let go of attachments. And I asked for this. <laughs> you know, I said, I really want these experiences to happen as terrible as they were in the moment. They freed me from the grip that my own beliefs brought. Sometimes we can be held so tightly by our own beliefs that because we don't have any other perception and because we are not considering that there might be another way to look at it or another belief we could adopt that we get stuck in a line of thinking that keeps us trapped emotionally speaking we are trapped in a line of thinking that keeps us anxious that keeps us fearful because we think this is how it's going to be we assume it we can assume that something bad is definitely going to happen and that changes our entire paradigm from the point we think that to an indefinite period of time 
until we change what we think. And sometimes we can't do that without somebody else's help. Sometimes we need to talk to a friend. Sometimes we need to express it in a message or a letter to somebody. Sometimes we need to tell somebody we trust and not everyone's going to understand. Not everyone's going to understand what we're going through, but just sharing it and talking about it and exploring it. Like I asked you, why are you afraid of death? That was one of the dumb questions I wanted to ask. There's a few more. <laughs> Let's just say that you died and everything was better than you expected. Would you fear it then? That's not necessarily a dumb question, but it's a good question. If everything was better than you expected, how would you feel then? I mean, really try that on. And you might say, yeah, but Paul, I'd still be sad, which is an assumption because we don't know. We don't know what happens. Or some of us don't. Some of us know. Some of us believe. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, let's just say that you don't know, because that's usually why we fear something. We don't know what's going to happen. What if you did know? Okay, well, you can have fears around that too. I know my family's going to be sad. Absolutely. If I died before my mom, oh my God, it would be devastating. I, I would be so heartbroken for her and she would just be devastated. I, I can't even imagine. But why would I imagine that? Why would I imagine that scenario unfolding? Unless I'm planning something, like I'm putting her in my will or whatever. But why would I imagine that? Why would I want to put that in my mind? But what if? That's where we go, right? What if this happens? What if it doesn't? What if it doesn't and um, things turn out better than ever? What if my mom dies first? I hope that happens. I don't want her to die, but I certainly don't want to die before her because I would rather feel the loss than have her feel the loss. That's just another personal perspective, and I'm sure a lot of people agree with that. We don't want our parents or older people to die before us. That's just not fair. But it does happen. And it is part of life. And there's just no avoiding it. There's no avoiding it. But it is sad. And we have to go through grieving when somebody dies in our life. And they have to do the same thing if we die. So it's really unavoidable. And there's one of those things that when we look at, let's just say that we died, it's unavoidable that people will grieve. Part of life is grieving the loss. I had someone say recently they lost their animal and they're devastated. They don't know how to like reconcile all the thoughts they're having. I get that. My cat of 20 years, my best friend, makes me sad knowing he's gone. And I also, I'm so happy that he doesn't have to suffer. I'm so happy that he's no longer walking around with all that cancer. I miss him. I wish he were here right now, but... I'm so glad that he doesn't have to endure that anymore. And it's been about, wow, five or six years since he left. And for the very first time, for, you know, since that, since then, uh, both my partner and I are considering getting another cat. Probably won't happen, <laughs> but we are considering it. But it took five years. It did. It took five years. Doesn't mean I was grieving the whole time. I miss him all the time when I think about him. But uh, thinking about him happens less and less until I see his picture, until I think I see him from the corner of my vision, but he's not really there. And all these um, thoughts that I have of him, they are always heartwarming. I always miss him, but uh, it, it takes a while 
to get through that. And this is another aspect of death is the grieving of those we lose and how we feel about people grieving for us when we're gone. Because that's probably, if I had any fear at all, that would be my fear. People grieving for me when I'm gone. I know my family loves me. I know my friends love me. I know my partner loves me. And I will be very sad about them being sad, even though I'll be gone. Even though I don't believe I bring sadness with me when I die. It'll be sad to me today to think about my death and the impact it has on them. And so when I think about dying and death, I just want to die after everyone else because I would rather suffer than them. That's a weird thought, I know, but I, I think about that. I would rather suffer losing them than have them suffer losing me because it would be painful. So it's not that I fear death. I just fear dying before everyone else. <laughs> I don't want to die before anyone else that loves me. And that's just because I don't want to see people suffer. And I, I wouldn't see them because I'd be dead. Or maybe I would see them because I'd be a ghost. <laughs> I don't know. But I don't want people to suffer because of my death. And at the same time, life is very finite. It's going to happen. It's going to happen to all of us. And it does happen every day. So we can't do anything about it. It's going to happen. Which only leaves us what we can do today. That's where we're stuck. We're stuck in today. What can you do today to make sure that when you die, that you have straightened things out before you left? You have made amends. You have forgiven or asked for forgiveness. You have done everything you can so that there's nothing left over that you can say, I didn't try. There's nothing left behind where you don't have to say something like, I wish I had done that. That doesn't mean you're going to have all the resources and all the funding to do anything you want, but that's why it's important to find out what is the most meaningful and what brings you the most purpose in life today. Because sometimes we do have to think in terms of, what if I'm not here tomorrow? I didn't have a conversation with my father for over 10 years. We just stopped communicating for various reasons and I never called him. He never called me. And then I got a phone call saying that he was in the hospital. He has cancer and it doesn't look good. So that was the day I said, I've got to do this. I've got to get in touch with him and we've got to talk and reconcile and do whatever it takes just so I can look back and say, okay, if it didn't work out, at least I tried. And if it did work out, I'm glad I did it before he died. And so that's what I did. I took a trip. I saw him. He was in the hospital. We got along great because we had some issues 10 years previous, but those didn't come up at all. And we were getting along great. And I got to see my brother and I was just able to see him. And it was a nice visit. And then when I left, he called me like a day later and he said, I feel so good. I, I was so great to talk to you and see you again. And I want to show you this car I have in mind. And I want to show you this. I forget what he said, like fishing. I want to go fishing with you. He was making plans for the future. And oddly enough, uh, when we had that phone call, I knew that was the very last time I was going to talk to him. He had cancer. He was in the hospital and it wasn't getting any better. And I think I knew 
that it was the last time I was going to talk to him because he felt at peace. And he really believed, he really had all these plans for the future. He really believed he was going to make it through this. He was like, screw them. <laughs> they don't know what they're talking about. I'm going to make it through this fine. But in my heart, in my mind, I, I knew that this was the very last time I was going to talk to him. And I think it was because I had that moment of myself where I felt that peace right before I thought I was going to die. And that's what it felt like when he was talking to me. He felt so at peace. And so I made the most of that moment. I made the very most I could knowing that this was the last time I'd be talking to my father. And I was right. He, he died uh, a couple days later, I think. It was the very last time I talked to him. And uh, I was so grateful that I had the opportunity. And I feel good about that. And on my deathbed, sometime in the future, I can look back and say, no, I did everything I could in that moment. And it all worked out. I'm so glad I did that. No regrets there. And it doesn't always work out like that. Some people won't be there for us. Some people aren't there now. And we can't say the things that we want to say. And the way I've handled that is I just talk to them in my mind. You know, it might sound silly to some people, but I think some people get this. I just talk to them in my mind. Hey, you know, I never said what I wanted to say to you. And I want to tell you that now. So the people that have passed on, the people that I haven't had a chance to talk to or make amends or forgive or be forgiven, whatever it is, I just talk to them in my mind and I say what I want to say. And that helps me connect with them in a way because they're not here and I have to connect with them in the best way I can. Who knows? Maybe it reaches them. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's just all for my own personal healing. Because sometimes that's what we need to do. So if there's anything that you think you might need to take care of just in case something comes along and you're not here anymore, that might be something you want to think about sooner than later. Because anything can happen at any time and it's just important to maybe wrap some things up if you haven't wrapped them up. If you needed this little pep talk, <laughs> I hope it helped. If you didn't, I hope it gave you something to think about or maybe give you a new perspective on or perhaps think in a different direction that uh, maybe you've not done before. No matter what, thanks for joining me. I appreciate you. Very grateful you stopped by today. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to thank our patrons this week, Michelle, Angel, Crystal, and Chris. I am so grateful for your support. These are the financial backers of the show. I call them patrons of the week. I read different names every week and uh, they value the show and decided to give back. And if you value the show and you've got the opportunity to give back and you want to do that, head over to moretob.com and there are options to do that over there. Thank you so much, patrons. And if you're looking for a show on how to deal with difficult relationships, head over to loveandabuse.com. And I talk about that over there. And if you know you're the difficult one in the relationship, head over to healedbeing.com. They have a comprehensive program that uh, is very, very effective. And finally, thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in the overwhelmed brain. For my final thoughts, I never really asked you a bunch of dumb questions. <laughs> and I think I want to I want to do that right now. I want to ask you dumb questions about the fear of death and dying and things like that. Because they really do help you reflect on why you're thinking the way you're thinking. And I will say this. Don't ask these questions if you feel suicidal. This isn't necessarily for people that are feeling or having suicidal thoughts. 
because that is a, an entirely different situation because this is all about a fear of dying and not wanting to die or end things like that. I do have episodes on suicide. Go to theoverwhelmedbrain.com, type in the word suicide. And of course, I have to make this disclaimer. If you are feeling suicidal and you want to talk to somebody, you can call 988. I think in, it might be international too, but if that number doesn't work for you, look it up on a search engine, suicide hotline or suicide call helpline, and you will find it. But I know 988 is sort of like a, a, a national number for it. So definitely talk to somebody if you are on the precipice of that, because I want you to stick around because there's so much more to life that is coming your way and it can be good. We just have to heal through some stuff and get out of our tiny little box of thinking that we are sometimes in and our perception of what uh, life is all about. Because sometimes we need to expand our horizons and realize that there's so much more out there than what we've come to believe is out there. And so anyway, again, I just wanted to make that disclaimer just in case anyone's listening that uh, feels that way. And of course, listen to my other episodes of The Overwhelmed Brain because they are all designed to help you increase your self-worth, increase your confidence in yourself and empower you so that you can show up authentically and not have to be stressed out. I mean, that's what the show is all about. The overwhelmed brain. I'm trying to help you get out of overwhelm. And so here we are. Let me just ask you some questions that if you have a fear of death, these could help you reflect on why those fears are there. If you can't figure it out, or if you know what they're about, then it helps you reflect on them and uh, explore them a little bit more. First question, you already know. Why do you fear death? Next question is, what's so bad about death? Told you some of these are dumb. <laughs> Pause this anytime, but here's the next question. Why is it such a big deal? I really want you to reflect on these, and I'm asking them for a specific purpose. It's not to put you down. It's not to be condescending. It's to make sure that you are exploring this in different ways. Because if we approach it in one way all the time, we may not get to the heart of it. This is helping you get to the heart of it. What's the big deal? What's the big deal about dying? Here's another one. You are talking to yourself and you say, oh, I'm so afraid. I'm, I have anxiety about death. Uh, I don't know what to do. Question is, so what? So what? You have a fear of dying. So what? Paul, that doesn't make any sense. Why would you say that? It sounds so heartless. Believe it or not, there is therapeutic value here. So what? What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Why is being afraid of death a bad thing. What's worse than that? Kind of an open-ended question. What's even worse than that? And what's worse than that? Whatever your answer is. What's worse than that? Getting to the worst case scenario. What's worse than that? Go even deeper. What's worse than that? When it finally happens and death comes and you found out that you had nothing to fear at all, will you be okay knowing that you spent all that time fearing it? 
that might be something you have to replay. <laughs> Again, all of these have value in their own way. Could you stop fearing death if you wanted to? I don't know if you've ever heard the uh, Sedona method, but uh, this is similar questioning. Would you stop fearing death if you wanted to? And finally, let's just say that the fear didn't exist and tomorrow was a new day and didn't have that fear and you felt different. What would you do with that extra brain matter <laughs> that you were using on fear? What would you do with that brain matter? What would you do differently? What would you think about if it wasn't fear? Let's just say that fear didn't exist. Now you have an opportunity to think about something differently or do something else with your time or your mind. Let's just say it happens before bed. What would you do differently if you didn't fear death, if you didn't have anxiety over death? What would you do instead? You know, sometimes fears stick around because we have nothing to replace them with. And when we have nothing to replace them with, it's like our brain never goes there and just keeps the fear. So that's just something to reflect on too and hopefully help you open your mind because we know, we know what happens if we don't open our minds. It stays closed and it keeps everything in there and it keeps everything the same. So sometimes we have to expand beyond our own thinking. Sometimes we have to hear somebody else like myself or somebody in your life that you trust and you love and you appreciate their perspective or you want to hear a different perspective and that might just help you jump out of your current line of thinking and into a new one. Just remember, always keep an open mind because that's how you step into your power and be firm in your decisions and actions so that you can create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something that I do instead of the fear that used to debilitate me, I love reminding you that you are amazing. Amazing.